today on My First Concert. A little spoil. My first concert was Pink Floyd, August 23rd, 1988, uh, at the Nassau Coliseum, right outside the city, New York City. That's the head coach of the University of St. Thomas, Tommy's, and that program that is now transitioning to Division One. Last year was her first year, and he's the head football coach, an award-winning, nationally recognized coach multiple times. But what you may not know is his love of music. We've actually attended concerts together, so we'll share some of those stories, including more of the clip that you just heard regarding his very first concert, which was <laughs> remarkable. Coming up after that, on the second half of the show today. I thought I was going to pee my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I was screaming. My friend Nina's like, what in the world? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then he did Journey songs, <laughs> and it was so good. That's Ginny Berg talking about her all-time favorite band, Journey. And also joining us along with Ginny is broadcast journalist Susie Jones, who in the second half of the show today will tell us a great story of her concert and her experience seeing the Grateful Dead, but not being quite sure who they were. It's an awesome story. It's all coming up on today's My First Concert. Dave Lee here. Brianne is with me as well. We'll talk some more. Our thanks to the folks at Starbank for making the show possible and also propane, the environmentally friendly energy for everyone. I want to thank uh, Harry and all the great folks out at Starbank for joining us on this show. This is a family-owned bank. It's a great family culture and high service, and that's what you want from your local lender, don't you? Your banker, you want high service. You want to go in there and know that someone's going to help you and understand what you're talking about. And the great thing is that even when you call them, they actually answer the phone. I just think that is so unique. Who would have thought... 10, 20 years ago, then answering the phone was a big deal it is. Uh, they serve the metro. They serve uh, rural Minnesota as well. In fact, agriculture is no stranger to what they do. So if that's your business, get a hold of them because they support the needs of local farmers and ag-related businesses. But they're a, a bank that serves the needs of us here, right, in the Twin Cities as well. And it's really cool to see how they reinvest in the communities that they serve. What you want to do, and in fact, it's our bank here at Talk North, just so you know, Star Bank is. So do we believe in them? Yeah, I think so. Face-to-face, uh, -face, great mobile app, too. So if it's technology you're into, they do all of that as well. But they also got that real good old-fashioned feel of one-on-one, person-to-person. And, they're, you know, they're big into sponsoring town ball out here in Minnesota, which is one of our great pastimes in the state. Uh, they do so many other things with their communities. But the integrity is... Uh, Beyond question, their agility to call an audible for you in your particular situation. Uh, they know your name. You're not a number. And I would find out more about them. And that's easy to do. Go to starbank.net and tell them I, I said you want to chat with them because they are really cool people. Well, uh, let's head over to uh, Coach Glenn Caruso today and find out what's on his mind and find out what his very first concert was. And Coach Caruso... I think people are going to find this intriguing. What was that first concert? Welcome back to my first concert. Dave Lee here with Brianne. And, of course, you can go to the uh, talknorth.com network and uh, learn all about all the shows we have here on the network. Also, you can download this on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It's that easy. It's brought to you by Propane, the environmentally friendly energy for everyone. I'll tell you about that. It's a great story about that here in a minute. And also Star Bank, and you can reach them at any time at starbank.net. Joining us today is a, a, a man that a lot of you know, particularly in the sporting world, 
Coach Glenn Caruso of the University of St. Thomas, now Division I program. Glenn has won all sorts of honors as a national coach of the year, and I think you know him for his football mind, and he has been a winner wherever he's gone. But his music knowledge is off the charts as well, and we've talked about that off the air. So, Coach, good morning. I appreciate your time, and I want to talk a little bit of uh, music with you today, if you don't mind. That's awesome. It's like a little surreal to be talking with you in a different uh, in a different venue, talking about music. But I love it, and I absolutely love the core of what this uh, podcast is about. So, thank you. Oh, you kidding me? We've known each other for a long time in the last 10, 11, 12 years, Brianne. Uh, Glenn and I have talked a lot about a lot of things, and one time we somehow got into the music thing. And I found out, couldn't stop. (laughs) And so, Coach Caruso, uh, the title of the show, my first concert, and you have a beauty. Uh, Yeah, so a little spoiled. My first concert was Pink Floyd, uh, August 23rd, 1988, uh, at the Nassau Coliseum, right outside the city, New York City, uh, with Jana Ott. I was in eighth grade, and uh, we had football that started on Thursday. This was a Tuesday. And we got we ran into Ticketmaster in the next town over, and we got tickets for eight dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> eight dollars and fifty cents. And my I was spoiled. My first concert, we got to see Pink Floyd, and it was wicked cool. And kind of set the stage. It it didn't really spoil future concerts, even though they were amazing. But you know, it, in 1988, I was. 13 years old, 14 years old, something like that. And so right at the moment where you have this freedom, we took the train, you know, just two 13-year-old, 14-year-old kids. That's back when I don't think that was abnormal and into the city and, and out to Nassau. And it was it was tremendous. They opened with Shine On You Crazy Diamonds. And it wasn't just like part one. It was probably like part one through four. <laughs> and that's totally different now too, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and uh, first one out of the shoot, as you mentioned, that's, that's a lot of pressure to go see the next band after that. But uh, the concert itself, what do you remember about it beside the opening song? The haze that was all over the crowd. And um, I, I just I'll never forget it. It reminded me a little bit of how um, I would feel when I watched my dad in a courtroom um, arguing a case. And it's a little bit of how I feel when we're on the sidelines nowadays in a really, really weird way. But the ebbing and flowing of emotions and the enormity of trying to be decent at getting everybody on the same page. Like those, all three of those things strike a very similar chord, no pun intended with me. And they had, I mean, they had that group in the palm of their hands. And um, it was pretty cool to see. And every concert I've gone to since, which is probably 60 or 70, in the last, shoot, 30 years, uh, I always measure not just the, is the music good and those types of things, but I always measure it against do they have control of the emotions uh, of, of 20,000 people, and I just love it. Your dad uh, was your hero, is your yep. hero. Uh, what did he think at 13 or 14 years old that the two of you were going to hop on a train and go down to the Nassau Coliseum to see Pink Floyd? Uh, the two questions were, um, are you going to pay for it yourself? And the second question was, uh, call by 1030, because that was always the rule. Yeah. Just call by 1030 and tell me what you're going to do. And uh, he's like, hey, go go do it. He never said, ever, you know what? That's not true. My senior year, 1991, Simon and Garfunkel were playing the remake of the concert in the park. 
in Central Park. And I wanted to go so bad. And there was, you know, there was some that was coming off the the riots and some of the, the Rodney King uh, time. And that was just all happening then. And my dad said, you have football starting in two days. I don't know if you it, it could be 200,000 people in the park. And he said, I don't know if that's the smartest move to go to that one. I got to see him later, but that's the only one that he said not to. And, you're, you know, thanks for bringing up my dad. The other one is he was responsible for bringing Harry Chapin. I don't know if you remember Harry oh, Chapin. Oh, sure do, dancing yeah. Boy. Okay. Father and son, dancing boy. So even though technically my first, Harry Chapin slept in my bed when I was about six years old because he brought him into our Catholic church to play a benefit concert. And we hosted him in our house. Uh, I don't remember the concert, but that was probably technically my first one. But if you remember back, you used to go to Shea or Yankee Stadium or wherever you went, and there would be concerts between doubleheaders. And we saw some great ones at the the old Yankee and the old Shea, and uh, there were some good ones then too. Man, among those, do you remember any of those? Uh, well, Beach Boys, which... <laughs> I don't know. It was probably less uh, less of music. It was probably more like going to watch a play, watching the Beach Boys. But I do remember them. I do remember Jimmy Buffett. And I've probably seen Jimmy Buffett. He's my favorite to see in concert. Uh, just are fun. you a Buffett head, a parrot head? Uh, yeah, I'm not a parrot head because I'm not I'm not goofy like that. But <laughs> and the songs that I like are not the ones that everybody like else likes. You know, Pirate Tried and Fool. True. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think so, but. Uh, but yeah, we watched Jim. He used to go to Lake Compounds. Get this, in the 90s, you can pay 17 bucks. Lake Compounds is up in Bristol, Connecticut, up near the ESPN studios. And you can either buy a ticket to the concert for 15 bucks, or you can buy a ticket to Lake Compounds, which was a water park, for 17 bucks and see the concert in the amphitheater when the sun goes down. So we did that. Um, yeah, a couple other notable ones, I would say Steve Miller. At Red Rocks in Colorado, wicked cool. Like, oh my! If you've never been to Red Rocks and seen a sunset show, it was awesome. And you can imagine the light show that goes along with Steve Miller and just hard rock in 1970s stuff. That was cool. But um, summer of '89 was probably my most pivotal summer. We saw like back to back to back to back. We saw Elton John, Buffett. We saw the Who. Uh, we saw the dead. We saw Rolling Stones on their Steel Wheels tour. Uh, that was cool. What was your best? Everyone has that one great summer where you just knock out a ton of them. How, what was yours, Dave? The Boscags? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. But I don't think there's any doubt that it would have been with ZZ Top because um, yeah, they were kind of um, they were kind of the band that we all went to see in in the summer, and it seemed like they were everywhere. These guys were like, I don't know if they took a day off. They were touring all the time. So we'd ZZ Top was the one that stands out for me. And that was actually the first band I ever saw. Uh, but gosh, uh, Coach, I mean, I saw uh, Black Oak, Arkansas when, with Jim Dandy when they were they were the thing. And I and now we're going back before your time to Rare Earth. And I, I remember going to those and, you know, you're just kind of starting to understand girls. And it was... Uh, yeah, those are those are good memory makers. Thanks for bringing that up. I'm in a what's, pretty good mood best, all of a sudden. What's the best venue you've ever been to? Uh, well, uh, you know, you mentioned Red Rocks. That I don't I don't know how you can top that uh, venue. 
but I would say, oh gosh, that's uh, as far as venues are concerned, I've been to an awful lot of them. I mean, right here in town, I think of the Palace Theater. I think of uh, the Ordway, if you could ever see a show in there outside of a musical. The venue in there is just gorgeous. Actually, uh, our town is blessed with a lot of them. First Avenue and on and on the list. Although First Avenue is more known for who showed up and who played there as opposed, I think, to the acoustics. I never got a chance to see a show at First Ave. Um, you know, now that I think about that, that's really odd. But, um, you know, a lot of little neat ones, too. I mean, I remember you and me uh, at the old Cambria Studios. And, uh, you know, and, and you actually told me you're, we were watching like Billy Currington or someone, right? We, well, yeah, I remember that. We were, we were watching Billy Currington. But you know who else we saw before Billy? You blew my mind. I didn't. Oh, apparently, I saw him, but I had no idea who the big burly guy was, and it was Chris Stapleton. And Chris Stapleton, a, kind of a big deal now, right? Before he was Chris Stapleton, and and we we went up and chatted with him, and and he was the nicest, most humble guy. But Billy Currington, I think, had the hit records at that point, as you know. Yeah, You're that, right. that was awesome. Chris Stapleton, meeting him before he was before any of us knew. And I, you know, I who else I did that with, and I know you've seen them. A uh, Florida Georgia Line wrote uh, oh. my buddy Tim Maurer's Best Buy in Apple Valley when their first record was just coming out, which turned out to be a number one hit. And those two guys were just fabulous. I mean, as far as entertainers, but as people, even better. So if I were to, could you actually name a best concert you ever saw? A favorite? Uh, if, if, you, if I had to pick one, it would have been Alabama and the Oak Ridge Boys at the Grand Old Opry. Really? I mean, there, well, it, and look, it's not the best music I had ever heard, but it, if you're in the Grand Old Opry, it is, there is something that I love about the feel of Saturdays in the fall between one and four that is almost religious. And I think you know what I'm talking about when you have that deep-rooted love for a sport and, and what it does for a community. And being in the Grand Old Opry was just, you know, the old Ryman, it, it's... Uh, it's just really awesome. You get that same feeling. But I, I don't think I could could choose one. I, the one I saw you at um, probably five, six years ago, uh, the two of us and Mr. St. Peter uh, were, were sitting there watching. So we were watching Kenny Chesney. And do you remember who opened up at Target Field for Kenny Chesney? Oh, yeah. Really good band for Pete's sake. Um, you're going to have to help me out now, but it was Zach, Zach Brown. Brown band. That's so right. can yeah. you imagine, like, yeah. this is what the thing I love about like a Zach Brown, and you alluded to it with FGL is there are not a lot of people and that this wasn't like when he was putting his first album out the foundation, like he, he had, he had had all of his big hits and, and chicken yeah. fry was long in the rear view mirror. And he was, he was who he is already. And he had no problem, like no ego, right. Being the opening act for someone. And he came up there and he played, you know, he would play uh Caroline on my mind and he'd back it up with like Metallica. He did Metallica and he did it well. He did enter Sandman. I mean, it was it was just really awesome to see a guy who is wildly capable with no ego, high output, low ego, like you, honestly. I mean, right? He's he just he and he makes it his own. But Jason Aldean was also at that playing at that concert, and that was probably my favorite local concert, I would say. Uh, and then the next year we go back and remember we used to sometimes go backstage and you'd meet the guys and mm -hmm. we're sitting there the year before I had told Kenny Chesney, I said, how many miles do you think you run on, on stage? 
you know? And he's like, I don't know. And I said, well, get, get one of these Fitbits, you know? Just get a Fitbit, put it on you. And this was like 2014 or 15. So the next year, we go into one of these meet and greet things. And uh, Eric Church was there with that one, too. And talk about the memory of a guy who has met a million people. Rachel and I go in to this uh, little meet and greet. And Kenny Chesney looks at me. And he points to his wrist. He goes, hey, 8.5 miles, one show. How cool is that? Right? It doesn't get any better than that. So what a, what a great memory. Well, what a great uh, insight you gave him to see how he's doing up there because he stays 8. in pretty 5, good shape. 8.5, coach, 8.5. <laughs> You, know, you, you made me think of uh, uh, one concert I forgot about at the Metrodome when, when you mentioned Zach Brown Band and you and I listened to do a Metallica song. And I'm thinking, why are you going there? This, you know, Metallica's Metallica because I, I really like them a lot. But when I saw them, I've seen them several times at the Metrodome one year. It's like five or six bands, Mudvayne, blah, 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 uh, Lincoln Park. But they, I forgot how good they were that night. Um, uh, so Metallica would have to be up there for me as well that that what i appreciated about the metallica was much like eric church and you'd be like how do you put them in the same sentence kid but um they told a story like they took you on a journey through the couple hours and it wasn't just come out and blow it out of the water then bring it down then play your big hits number three four five and then make them cheer for the one that's on the radio now it's not that it was like he told a story as he meandered and navigated us through it. And Eric Church, I think, is one of the great marketing minds in music nowadays. Like he totally gets human nature and how things move. And I guess the there's only two bands that I could have seen that I haven't. But I hear Billy Joel does the same thing. I've never gotten a chance to see him live. But a lot of people would say the same thing. He'll bring you on a journey that's just, you know, very different. Did you ever get a chance after that uh, Central Park show in 1991 that you decided to wait and practice your football as opposed to going down to see Simon and Garfunkel? Did you ever get a chance to see them after that? So I saw I saw Simon. I didn't see Garfunkel after that. Okay. But yeah. yeah. So I did. I did. I got a chance to see Paul Simon. That guy's like, you know, he just, he was crazy in the 80s and 90s at his content that, I mean, he was just going everywhere. Um, but no, I didn't. But you know what? Uh, thank God for unanswered prayers, I guess. We had a, we won a state championship and had a pretty good year. So <laughs> yeah. I think it was probably the, probably the right thing to, to do. What's the one that you'd like to see that you haven't? Well, of course, uh, I, I first answer would be a Led Zeppelin. Okay. That would have been unbelievable. I was just telling Brianne last week and our good friend Pamela McNeil and Bruce Helmer that uh, I watched that Kennedy Center honors when Hart came out and did Stairway to Heaven with Led Zeppelin sitting up in the audience being honored yeah. and watching him. And it was over the top good. I'm thinking, though, uh, Coach, when I saw – I, I got to sit and think about this for a second, but I saw Simon and Garfunkel got a late invite – and I said, well, I'll go see him at the, the XL Energy Center when they kind of did a reunion tour. And if I remember right, Phil and Don Everly came out and sang three songs. How cool is that? It w And I, I went to the show. I don't know where I've been. I was tired. I was shot. But, you know, you don't want to miss anything. And so we went over there. And uh, Julie and I were over there. And, again, we walked out saying, it. that was awesome. So from Metallica to Simon and Garfunkel, I mean, you just appreciate what they do, right? Yeah. Have you ever seen Journey? I have seen Journey. How about you? 
I had that's this I have not, but I'd love to when I hear this new singer, not new, but the one who they've played with played with for the last four or five years, he's just amazing. Obviously he sounds very similar, but he just I, I hear they're amazing. So not yet, but we'll get there. Hey, Journey's not going anywhere. They've only been doing this like sixty years. They got now like twenty in them, right? Yeah, they're gonna somebody's gonna be around with the Journey label, no doubt about that. Well, uh, your schedule gets crazy here in the next few weeks, I know, because uh, football starts, and uh, coach, you've had a great run, and now you're doing the Division One thing, which has been an, uh, really. I, I don't know if anybody's ever transitioned like you're doing from D3 to D1. So you got a lot on your plate. But when the time presents itself, and I can get you out of football season, we're, we're going to go to another show because it's it's been too long. And there's so many around this market, particularly. Such a blessing. And, you know, one of the things about being in the upper Midwest is you get a lot more festivals than where, where we had grown up. There weren't a lot of festivals or fairs. And so as long as you plan it right, you can see some really neat folks. And then, you know, we have the casinos that, yeah, they might be on the B list right now. But you know what? 15, 20 years ago, they were they were it. And uh, you're right, Dave. Let's let's plan on that. And thank you for the kind words. Just blessed to be able to do what we do here at St. Thomas and looking forward to the season. And uh, your hometown. I never did ask you your hometown. Coscob, Connecticut. About uh, it's the first town that's in New England, right outside New York City. So right on the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, but yeah, that's that's where we we had three blocks from our house. We had the access to the train that could take you from Boston to D.C. You can be in the city in 25 minutes. Mm. And for a kid who wasn't 16 yet but could afford the $1.75 fare all day, <laughs> it was access to a whole new world back in the early 80s. And, and that was a blessing. Coscob, Connecticut. Coach, I will talk to you soon. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Thank you. Be well. Thanks for having me. He is uh, Glenn Caruso, head coach of the University of St. Thomas uh, Tommy's, and uh, he is also a big music fan, and he's been our guest here on uh, my first podcast, and you know something, or my first concert rather, <laughs> which is my first podcast. But when you open up, Brianne, and your first concert is Pink Floyd at the Nassau Coliseum. How do you top it? Yeah, how do you top it? At taking a train. Yeah, I mean it doesn't get any better than that. Welcome back to my first concert. Dave Lee here, Brianne with me as well. And uh, joining us this morning, a couple of good friends that are music fans and got great stories. I do want to thank the folks at Propane, the environmentally friendly energy for everyone for bringing this show to you. My first concert at talknorth.com. Of course, that's where you go, talknorth.com. You can get uh, all the podcasts right there and you can download them where you wherever you go, Apple, Spotify, whatever it is you get your podcasts on. We're there. My first concert is the name of it. Today, I welcome two friends, Susie Jones, award-winning broadcast journalist, and a very successful businesswoman, Jenny Berg. Jenny, thanks for being here. Thank you, Dave. Delighted to be here. And Susie, thanks for coming over. Yeah, no problem, Dave. I couldn't wait. Yeah, I know you couldn't, and I couldn't wait to see you. In fact, uh, we have some good stories. Jenny, I'm going to start with the name of the show. Okay. My first concert. What was it for you? Because you've been to a lot of them. I've been to a lot of them, and I'm going to age myself really desperately. Don't worry about that part. There's no judgment on this no show. No judgment. Well, as far as you know. Firefall and Brownsville Station. Oh, together? Together. Oh. In 1978 in Wausau, Wisconsin. That wasn't Brownsville Station was like everywhere for about the late 70s, yes, yes. weren't they? Smoking in the boys' room. Who was the key band? Who was the show band? That was it. Who got it was the Firefall was the key was the band. Key. Okay. Brownsville Station was the opener. Okay. And it was festival seating. 
We got oh, there yeah. early, so we got in early. And I remember when there was four of us and my friend Donna, there was such a crowd rush that when she got in the door, her sharp blouse was totally unbuttoned. Uh, well, <laughs> but that, uh, was that was the 70s. That was a rock show at the 70s. That's <laughs> what we was, did. That was my first concert. I went up from there, but that's okay. Susie. My first concert was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, my. Wow. That in had to 1976 at the St. Paul Civic Center. And they came out of, it was a, like a spaceship. And they came <laughs> out from underneath. Because, <laughs> you know, that was all. Was that their album cover, too, at the yeah, time? Yeah, with that space yeah. suit. And yeah. it was wild. Oh, it was my. such a fun night. You so know, when they opened, everybody went nuts. Crazy nuts, yeah. But, you know, in the Civic, in the St. Paul Civic Center and, you know, 76, I was a, in I think middle school, but my best friend and I went, Lisa, and we've been friends forever since the fifth grade. You're still buddies. We are best friends, and we've seen Earth, Wind, and Fire many times, but that particular night, got the tickets, probably Donna Lee drove us over there and dropped us off, and... You know, we were troublemakers. I don't know if you can imagine that or not, Dave. Yeah, I did know that about yeah, you. in the 70s. That's we, why you're on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we were hellraisers, that's for damn sure. But we weren't afraid of much. So. Well, and Earth, Wind, and Fire. I just saw them out at Mystic Lake, and I I was stunned at how good they are. Original I mean, I, band know, members yet? Three. Okay. Yeah, including Philip Bailey. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. You know. So, super fun. I listen to them all the time when I walk. Old school, mm -hmm. you know, I listen to my little throwback on Spotify. Well, it's good dancing music. Oh, it's such good dancing music. And that's my, that's the soundtrack of my kind of growing up. I know people have different genres or bands they listen to, but we listen to a lot of Commodores, Earth, Wind and Fire. Oh, yeah. You know, Parliament. You know, Marshall Uhai, my high school, was pretty integrated. We had kids yep. from we yep. had kids from all over the city. We had handicapped kids. We had African-American kids because they were getting bussed in from over north. So we had uh, flight time, Morse Day in the oh, time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of fun back in the day. And I've slowed down a lot, Dave. I, induct, I inducted one of your high school crushes into the Minnesota State High School Basketball Hall of Fame last Ronnie year. Ronnie Bull Henderson. Ron, I told Ronnie that. You did? I said, my good friend Susie thought you were the hottest guy in town. <laughs> <laughs> he was a great basketball player. Yeah. Ronnie Bull Henderson, Ginny. Oh, that's he amazing. was short but fast and just had command of the court. And we won the high school state basketball wow. tournament in yeah. 1976. So At Marshall. Marshall University Marshall High University School. Marshall University High. by then, yeah. So you made me think... Of George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic, one of my favorite shows. And it was like somebody's coming in on stage, somebody's going off. It, it was, it's so entertaining. And uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire was a little bit like that. Always some, there's stuff going on, you know. Like ACDC was a little bit like that. Always something going on on stage. Yep. And then you look at, now they had the video. Whatever's on the video is not what's happening on stage. And you're like, where do I look? And you just, you can't get enough of it. So yeah, I had the, one of those with Alice Cooper. Oh, really? Yes. What a fun in one. In 19, from the inside, he had his from the, when he was like in a straight jacket on the <laughs> album cover. And it was 1979. It was at Dane County Coliseum in Madison. And he obviously had just quit drinking or something at the time. But the whole concert started out with this huge screen and it was showing a beer bottle factory. Oh. You know, how the beers and the, all of a sudden, <laughs> and it was watching that and all of a sudden one bottle you start focusing on one bottle and it starts trembling and shaking. And then all of a sudden it falls 
mouth out to the state and he jumps out of the bottle. <laughs> he jumps out of the bottle wow. through the screen and it was fun. And then the whole show was like that. He was in and out of the screen, yep. in and out of the, the mental ward. <laughs> I mean, he was, it was just, so for Alice Cooper was like one of the most crazy concerts, but yep. it was so good. Because he was an entertainer. He was an entertainer. Yep. But I remember them falling out of that beer bottle. You know, and that's the thing about concerts. You know, you go to hear the music, but it's really a show. And right. a good performer isn't just going to play great music. They're also going to rattle your cage and dazzle you with uh, fireworks and what have you. So that's great. I was talking to Brianna about that, too. Sometimes you go to a show, you're kind of lukewarm. Right. Maybe you're going with a buddy, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. And you get there and you're going because they like, and then you walk away just realizing how, not only how good they were, but how they entertain. Exactly. I saw Bruce Springsteen in the 70s at St. Paul Civic Center, and a guy asked me on a date. Wow. Okay. You went with him at the, at the concert he asked you? No. Okay. It was a date to go to the concert. Nice date. Yeah. I was wondering if it was me. No. <laughs> it was at the concert. I would have remembered that. Because guys tend to get stupid at concerts. Well, you know, in the old, anyway. you, know, you have a little cocktail, you have a little beer, you that's get a little loot. That's yeah. right. Anyway, the long and the short of it is, and I'm going to be <laughs> honest here, I'm going to be honest with you kids. <laughs> I'm not a rock and roller. I mean, I like rock and roll, but I'm not like like Steve Simpson. You know, he knows deep tracks on everything. Point being, I didn't really know. M I knew the name, of course, the boss, da, 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 but I didn't know much of the You went the to song. have fun. Yeah. I went to have fun. And then you recognize the music. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, what the heck? I like <laughs> this guy. And I listened to a whole bunch of stuff ahead of time. Yeah. So I would kind of have a feel for who it was I was walking into. Right. But that was fun. You don't want to embarrass yourself. No. I had that same thing with Queen. A friend of mine that I went to broadcast school with said, oh, we're going to take you to a concert. We're going to go see Queen at Dane Conley Coliseum. And this was in 1979. Freddie Mercury. Freddie then. Mercury. Freddie Mercury. And again, I went and I thought, I don't really know who yeah. these people are. And then every song I was like, oh, my, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and when they did Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, Lord. Oh, my gosh. It was just crazy because they had the stage they were singing and then the operatic part comes. Oh, the big screen the and that's production. the video part of them. And they are off the stage. And then all of a sudden when that's done and the big flash of light and they come back out and finish the song, Freddie Mercury was amazing. That's one of my cherished memories. Is getting to I see wish him. I'd seen him. Never saw him. Oh. I, I saw the reincarnation of Queen with uh, the guy that won. Uh, with Adam Lambert. Ab Adam Lambert. Yeah. And, and he was excellent. But I never. I, w I wish I'd have seen Freddie Mercury. I saw the Grateful Dead at Alpine Valley. Oh, oh my! I've been there too. Summer. Yeah. I'm just gonna say there were very few people in my group that were sober. <laughs> <laughs> On various not alcohol only, there were other. You're just being honest. I'm being honest. <laughs> Again, the dead, you hear about them, you know sure. about them, but yeah. did I really know? Whatever. And I listen, I do my little research before I go. So a guy in our group had an album cover that he wanted to get Jerry Garcia to sign. At the concert. Yes. Oh, good oh luck. He gosh. thought he was going to go up to the stage and see if Garcia would sign this. Because it was the cover was him, and he had his hand, Jerry Garcia, over his guitar in such a way that it looked like, I'm, I'm not sure if it was an album cover or if it's a photo he acquired but mm -hmm. it was garcia sort of showing like almost like he didn't have a finger or two right. and it was a unique photo and he wanted to sure. show it yeah. and the photo was from the back in the day you know when mm -hmm. jerry garcia was a much younger man so we sit down same thing crush you know when you have the door open yep, and you go yep. flying down the hill and 
Yeah. Worst thing ever, festival seating. It was. It was. (laughs) Good thing it's outlawed. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weekend, too. We camped, as I recall. Oh, my. Anyway, that's another story. Um, Anyway, sit down. Get ready. (laughs) Show's going to start. Everybody's feeling actually no pain and, you know, seeing different colors. And um, (laughs) he comes out to play. And... It's old Jerry Garcia. It's this fat guy with gray hair. And I said, who, who is, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a clue. Oh, I'm man. like, is that? And then the guy's like, that's Jerry Garcia. I'm like, holy God, he doesn't look like that picture yeah. at all anymore. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> anyway, that was a fun night. Yeah. yeah. I had to drive, just put it that way. I was yeah. the least involved in the activities. Drive home. Yeah, back to the campground. Yeah, that was always uh, an adventure as well. And then, Jenny, when we come back, you met uh, Steve Perry. I did. I'm going to ask you about that if you don't mind. No problem. Mm. Show's brought to you by Propane, the environmentally friendly energy for everyone. Dave here, and uh, we're all talking and buzzing about reducing carbon emissions, which we should because it's good for all of us, right? I think the question that we all have is how in the world do I do that? Well, using propane, excellent way to reduce emissions while meeting energy needs today. It's clean. It's non-toxic. It's an energy source that helps reduce carbon emissions. So think about that. And it does it right now. But this is interesting. You're going to say, well, I don't know what a carbon intensity score is, but I can kind of give you numbers to give you an idea. Propane's carbon intensity score in this state of Minnesota is only 80. Okay, keep that in mind. You know all about grid electricity here in Minnesota, don't you? You know all about wind and solar power. That has a much higher carbon intensity score of 136 than propane has of 80. Who knew that using propane was that much cleaner than electricity? So now you know that, and you should know there's abundance of propane. The the growth of this renewable propane means it can be used for generations down the road long beyond us. So millions of us rely on propane, heating our homes, heating our businesses, fueling vehicles. I was somebody the other day with propane in their truck. On road and off, much more makes propane the... Right energy, really, right now. So find out more about what propane can do for you and the environment, by the way, by going to propane.com. Jenny and Susie are with me. Jenny, Steve Perry, what happened? So I am a huge, huge Journey fan with Steve Perry. The other guys, not so much at all, but Steve Perry. So anyway, Steve Perry has left the band, and he's going out on his solo tour. So I'm in living in Boston at the time, and so we get tickets. He's at, it was like a state theater type place venue and the debut and of course I work for a radio station in Boston so the day of uh the station the music station next to me said hey we can get you backstage passes because they knew I was a Journey fan and I was like oh my god I'm gonna meet Steve Perry so I called my friend Nina and I said Nina we're gonna go backstage so we went backstage he was sweet as can be the lady ahead of me was like going all gaga over me and goes listen I'm just like you I'm nobody special (laughs) and he was just really really sweet and so then we go to the concert, and I, he signed a picture for me, which I have framed in my office. And we go to the concert. We are the first row on the second balcony, on the, the balcony, and we have really great seats. So the first half of the concert, he's singing Steve Perry songs. Okay, fine. All of a sudden, down from the center of the stage comes this hanger with his red tux ties on. You know, he had a tuxedo tail that he always wore in concert. I know that because I'm a journey freak. So he always wore these tails in concert. And he pulled down this red tails and he starts walking around it like, so where have you been? I heard you had (laughs) cancer, you know, like all these rumors about himself. Then he takes the hanger, takes it off the hanger. 
I'm gonna. I'm getting so excited. I can't even stand talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> he takes it off the hanger, puts, takes, faces us, puts it on his self, turns around. His hair was in a ponytail. He had long hair at the time. He pulled out the ponytail. I thought I was gonna pee my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I was screaming. My friend Nina's like, what in the world? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then he did Journey songs, Aww. and it was so good. <laughs> but when he, he, she's like, I don't get this jacket. I'm like, you have to know. You just have to know. <laughs> and it was phenomenal oh, but oh, that wow. was just such a memory Nina just she said she looked at me like who are you yeah you've lost your mind now have you got <laughs> how many times have you been backstage Dave Lee uh a few times yeah, not, yeah. Not anything memorable well this is more about you two than me well you can share a story I, I would say of of the people I've met we've all you know uh, been an opportunity just because of our jobs had an opportunity to meet an awful lot of people uh Meeting Taylor Swift oh. with my wife, and all Taylor Swift wanted to do was ask her about what she was wearing, where did you get those shoes, tell me about that purse, tell me about what you do. Wow. And, and then, then, of course, my wife, as you know, who's not very bashful, right. <laughs> she says, well, what about that? You have this on. You know, they both know their fashion. Sure. And it was like... Taylor Swift, the last thing she was concerned about is her. Right. She was just, all she wanted to talk to was, was my wife. Sure. And about, you know, she, and you, you guys know my yep. wife yep. well. Julie, yep. love her. She just, it was like, and I, I was so impressed. I mean, obviously she did have, you know, a ton of time for the Daver, but, <laughs> which I didn't understand. But sure. No, no right. but I, I was just so overwhelmed at how she got it. Right. She, we all know about her. We all want to talk about her. Oh, you know, I, was, I met Taylor Swift. And I, I would say at the time, I like Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. I would, I wouldn't, you know, my daughter loves Taylor Swift. Sure. I wasn't a fan. Sure. I, I wouldn't say a fan, but I, you know, I, I like all music. Yeah. But it wouldn't probably have been a show I went to. And ever since that, I just, I can't get enough of her. She's the way she handled everybody that she saw. And I, not just with her. I mean, she everybody. did the same with me, but not, everybody she saw, there were just a very few of us standing there. It was all about everybody else. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Nice to hear. Nice to hear. Yeah, so there, that's that's my brief story. Okay. Now back to Susie. I'll tell you my backstage story. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> it's a doozy. Okay. As you know, I had a show with Eleanor Mondale yes. on WCCO mm -hmm. Radio. Very sad. She passed away. We miss her. You were close friends. Yes. And every famous person we interviewed, I would always ask her what her relationship was with them. And oftentimes she knew... A lot of celebrities, <laughs> intimately, not always carnally, but she was very close. Like for one time, we were, she was at a dinner party at Liz Taylor's house, and she sat next to uh, Billy Bob Thornton, and she was sure that when we were interviewing him for something that he wouldn't have remembered her, and he remembered her delightfully. Well, of course, Eleanor. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah. Hard to forget her. So Don Henley, mm -hmm. the Eagles. Yep. We interview him. I remember that They're day. Coming to the, sh they were in town, all of them, and I look over at her, as we do off, you know, while we're live on the air, and I say, with my eyes, like, mm, did you know him? And she nods, mm-hmm, <laughs> and then 
Another gesture was made, and then we tried to not laugh, but we're talking to the guy, Henley, live on yep. the air, and he gives us, her, four backstage passes to meet him and go to the show. Well, she decides that being that she's married to Champollin and that her mom and dad are alive, that it really wouldn't be uh, proper etiquette to go to see someone that you've had relations with sure. while you're married to someone else. So she gave them to me and our producer, Jill Oliveira, and Jill's husband, Charlie, went, and my boyfriend at the time, Bob, went. And we go in there, and... He's disappointed. He was disappointed. It was the weirdest scene. <laughs> it was the weirdest scene because, you know, the Eagles, right? I'm standing on the ring. And all four of them... Had separate rooms. Nobody talked to each other. Yeah, we learned later they weren't the best friends, were they? No, hated, hated each other. Couldn't stand each other. And I was like, this is the most unfriendly, <laughs> uncelebratory group. Was this before the show? Yeah. Okay. And then they all come out in black suits and they're sitting in chairs. I mean, they're all 78 years old. And they're like, we're standing on the road. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like. And you, it was sad because it was like, you realize they were just making money. Right. Yeah. Cha-ching, cha-ching, yep, cha-ching. They played all their songs. Bing, 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 bing. And good. They were they were still good. Awesome. Yeah. But the, you know, the spark, the, mm, the. It wasn't there. No. No. Was Glenn so, Fry alive at the time, right? I think so. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah back when that, yeah, he died. Yeah. But who's the Joe Beck? No, am I going to. Oh, Joe Walsh? Walsh? Joe Walsh. He was in the room. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't meet him. He didn't want anything to do with us. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, so we had a few words with Henley and yeah, da, 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 and then it was fun. But oh, that was my experience with that. Well, the, yeah, getting to meet the Eagles, that's yeah. a big deal, man. Yeah, I love the they Eagles. They were so good. What else, Jenny? Yeah, you, you've well, got a couple. I got a couple. I mean, I've seen Bob Seger. Bob Seger was, I, when A Stranger in Town came out, I was all over that. I wore that album out, literally had yeah. to buy a second one. But what's funny about Seger is growing up, I have a brother eight years older than me. And uh, for one Christmas when I was like 10 or so, six, nine, ten, I asked dad for a record player. Well, he bought a Woolitzer jukebox <laughs> that lit up the entire that's, neighborhood. That, that's you a record. That. that is an industrial strength record player. <laughs> so, and all the records on there were the little 45s from yeah, my sure. brother. Uh -huh. So it was Red Rubber Ball, Son of a Preacher Man, Rambling Gambling Man. Oh, oh yeah. So every time I heard Rambling Gambling Man growing up, I thought of Richie and Mike and Greg and the boys, sure. you know. So I go to see Bob Seger thinking, Stranger in Town is his first album, right? You know, how do I know? And I go see him at Dane County Coliseum. He does his second encore, and he starts rambling, gambling, man, and I felt, fell off my chair. I'm like, oh, my God, he did that? Yeah, I, that was his day, first hit. That was his first hit, 1969. It's wow. this day. Last time I saw him, he was at uh, St. Paul. Susie Thompson, Susan Thompson went with me. And uh, when he said, this hit's from 1969, I screamed so loud, and Sue goes, what? And I'm like, this is Rambling Gambling oh, Man. One of the great songs of <laughs> all time. One of the great yeah. songs that lost like two minutes and ten seconds. It's Short, not very long. Well, for disc jockeys, man, you loved it. You loved a 210, and you loved one at about eight and a half minutes. You liked Got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta, well, but whatever. Had, whatever had, you might be doing. I have <laughs> no idea. Yeah, he'd done that. Wow. Yeah. Since I've seen Seeger like six he, times. He didn't have a hit for a while. No, until, no. And then boom, then he just did. Yeah, yeah he, then Stranger in Town came out, and that was that was all rope. But, uh, oh. So that was pretty cool. That's a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Incredible guy. Uh, of course, I saw Tina Turner, Private Dancer. Oh. Well, now Madison. I remember that. Yeah. 
I had tickets for that and they ended up in the hands of of you and Barb and No, I wasn't there at the time. That, I was in, I was working in Marshfield, yeah, Wisconsin. So they, they just loved Tina Turner so much and I want to see her, but they were so Who'd you give the tickets to? Barb Piazza. Barb, oh, Barb. I admit, Barb Piazza, an old, uh, wonderful gal, yeah. worked at CCO for many years in traffic. She wanted. She just loved her, and and she came back and had such a great time. Oh. It was awesome. We didn't. But that was that was simulcast. You remember, like the first two or three songs were simulcast. I don't know. It was MTV. Somebody had it. Oh, probably. I, I went home. Probably and MTV. I watched the first two songs somewhere. Somebody carried it live, which was totally unusual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, so I got to see a couple so of songs. I was songs. working in Marshfield at the time, and uh, we were trying to get tickets to it, couldn't get tickets to it. So we asked our manager, and so he got he had a contact down in Milwaukee, and so they got us tickets to go see it. it she was, was so good. I've I, seen it, her, but I saw her too about six times. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. She's, she's another one that a lot of us had crushes on. Yeah. She, um, you made me think of Bob Seeger because Bob Seeger did not push city limits. Yes. And nobody did it like Tina Turner did. Nobody mm. did it like Tina. Because that was just, well, you know, just like Proud Mary when they right. heard, I right. did that. Wow, Tina Turner. So that yeah. was a great show. Tina Turner. I've seen several people, several, Paul McCartney when he was with Wings, you know, saw him in, in Worcester, Massachusetts. Oh, my. And uh, my uh, boyfriend at the time, he got us tickets because I said, I want to go see McCartney as far as he paid for him. So we get like, we're like 15 rows from the stage, Jeez. center stage on the floor. Yeah. And he came out and Jerry <gasps> goes, oh, my God. He's here, and he really did show up, <laughs> and it was so great, yeah. so great. You know, it was. Have you awesome. seen Elton John? About four or five times. Okay, okay. first time was at Madison again, Dane yep. County College. Did you grow up in Madison? No, I grew up in Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin, by Eau Claire. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but anyway, and Elton John, I was the last seat in the stadium. And you binoculars didn't even get him close. Ah, you know, but, but it was anyway, worth it. But huh? I've seen him several times too. You know, who I had the last seat in the house for the the highest, furthest away seats. Steve Martin. Oh, really? When he did, I think it was a Let's Get Small tour. Sure, yeah. yeah. At yeah. Northrop Auditorium and very last there. two seats. And, yeah. <laughs> I could hear him, though. That's had, good. That's good. Uh, Susie and uh, Ginny, thanks for coming over. Oh, my this goodness. This is fun, Dave. You yeah. can just awesome. keep talking. I got more stories coming out of me just like this, but I got to shut up, huh? Yeah. I, well, we'll come back then. I see we're... We're, uh, we're getting the hammer. Brianna's got stuff to do. Yeah. I guess so. And uh, so, yeah, we'll do it again. You've this got, is fun. I know you got more to share. Probably on your camping. There might be something that's camping related that might be worth <laughs> our time. Hey, uh, thank you for joining us here on my first concert today. Again, we're available on all the places you would expect on Apple and on Spotify and everything else. My first concert at talknorth.com. And our thanks to Propane, the environmentally friendly energy for everyone, for making this possible. Dave here, along with Brianne. We will see you next time.